Welcome, and thank you for downloading Movement Christian Church's sermon podcast. Here at Movement, we are passionate about God's Word and helping each other move closer to God. Thank you for choosing to grow with us today. And now, here's our lead minister, Bobby Wallace. So I want to uh, continue our series. We are in a series called Messiah. It's based on the Gospel of Mark, and we're looking at different passages throughout the Gospel of Mark. We're not hitting every verse or anything like that, but we're hitting a lot of the highlights and things that uh, really stand out to uh, what's going on in our life and our faith. Um, You ever dealt with a cheap knockoff of something? You know, like you ordered something maybe online especially, and you're like, oh, this is going to be great, but then you get it, and it's not what you thought it was going to be. Anybody ever been there, done that? Um, what was that website that was real popular there for a minute called, I think it was a Wish, uh, you know, it was like knockoff stuff, and it's like, oh, here's your iPhone, <laughs> you know, or whatever it was. It wasn't an iPhone, but it was, looked like it, you know, you got it there, and it wasn't quite what you wanted. Um, there's a few that I found, I was just doing some research on the internet, um, I wasn't just going down rabbit holes, trust me, I was really accomplishing something, uh, but I found some really funny ones that I thought, man, these are, these are pretty good. Um, have you ever just been hungry and you wanted a nice can of refreshing Pringles? Um, how about these? Have you ever had these? Prongles. You ever had prongles? It, it's funny. I was trying the, the flavors, um, onions and cream, and then the other, salt and potato. I mean, at least the truth in advertising. They're telling you what the ingredients are, salt and potato. Um, then maybe, you know, it's time to like cook, you know, dinner or cook breakfast and you want to make some toast. You know, you reach for, you want a healthier option. You know, for a while everybody said butter's not healthy. Butter's actually not too bad for you. But I can't believe it's not butter, but sometimes to save money, you do this. I think it tastes like butter. You know, I think, I can't quite taste, you know, it's either uh, cow pies or butter. I'm not quite sure. I think it tastes like butter, but anyway, it's not quite there. Um, And then if you're into movies, you're into entertainment, Marvel has just like made billions and billions of dollars over the past, you know, 15 years or whatever it is we've been doing the Marvel Universe movies. Um, But have you ever seen this character? You gotta read this thing, and in case you can't see it, it gets better every part you read. Revengers, endless tussle instead of uh, Infinity War. I thought that's <laughs> endless tussle. It's like we're in an endless little tussle here. We're just gonna wrestle. You know, it's, it's a lot worse than you know, not as bad. Um, and then it's the incredible fella. I, I love that. It's the, you're the incredible fella. That's what my wife says to me a lot. I don't know if y'all y'all get that. Um, but the funny thing is the toy actually sort of looks like the old school comic book version, but the picture, what is that? That's like Shrek's beauty shots. I don't know what that is. That is, it's like really funny to me, but sometimes what you think you're getting is not quite up to par and we have all been there and done that. Um, and many years ago, uh, the poet uh, who went by, goes by the name of Marshall Mathers or Eminem, I don't know if you're familiar with him, um, he said, will the real Slim Shady please stand up? I don't know if y'all remember that song. Will the real Slim Shady please stand up? Today, I want to ask a similar question, but not about Slim Shady. I want to ask, will the real Jesus stand up? Will the real Jesus stand up? And you may be thinking, what in the world? Why would you say that? You know, Jesus is Jesus. But I believe that Jesus has always been who he claimed he was. You know, before time began, Jesus was Jesus. He came down in the form of a human being as a man, lived his life. He went to the cross, died on uh, our behalf for our sins, rose from the grave. But since then, many of us believers throughout time have sort of misunderstood or misrepresented Jesus. And so the question is, 
will the real Jesus stand up? And we're going to look at Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8, if you want to follow along in your Bible or in your uh, app on your phone. Uh, of course, we have our scripture on the screen as always. Mark chapter 8, beginning in verse 27. And it says this, And Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others, one of the prophets. And he asked them, but who do you say that I am? That's a good question. Jesus looked to his disciples, the guys who had been with him the longest, and he said, okay, we know what everybody else says. And there are probably 12 other options you could have given if, if they had had time. But who do you say that I am? The ones who are supposed to really know me. Who do you say that I am? Put yourself in their position today because we're supposed to be the disciples of Jesus today walking around the earth. Who do you say that Jesus is? Peter answered him, you are the Christ. Now, for us, we know, you know, I think a lot of times in modern times, people think that Jesus Christ is his first and last name. You know, it's like, oh, Mr. Christ, that's how he gets his mail, right? No, that's not what it was. Christ is a title, and it was the idea. It was the Greek equivalent of Messiah, which was the Hebrew word, and it carries the idea of the anointed one, the anointed one of God that the Jews had been waiting for for thousands of years to come and finally overthrow, at that time, the Romans off their back. At another time, it would have been, you know, the, uh, the Egyptians or whoever, just fill in the blank, the Babylonians, all the different people throughout time that have been holding God's people under their thumb, stepping on their neck. He's going to come, he's going to be the one, and he is going to be the king to end all kings. Then Jesus comes on the scene, and a lot of the Jewish people did not appreciate him or respect him or recognize him as the Christ, as the Messiah. But Peter answers very well. He says, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. And then Jesus says, often he does early in the Gospels, he says something a little strange. He says, and he strictly, or it says, and he strictly charged, excuse me, I got emotional. I just, I didn't. Uh, he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. He was not ready for them to speed up his ministry. He said, I want you to know, now this is my paraphrase, I want you to know who I am. That's good, you've got the right answer, but not everybody is ready to hear this. And, and we know why as we look back on history. So Jesus is that Christ, he is that Messiah. But I want to challenge us to think about this for a second. Y'all with me? Even in the church, even in the church, Right now, today, and I'm using the word, the big C church all over the world, even in the church, we may give the title Christ lip service. We might say it freely. It might roll off of our tongue. Jesus is the Christ, you know. Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. You know, so many different ways. I, I love Jesus Christ. You can say all these different things. And we may say that, but I believe too often, we don't give him the true worship that that identity deserves. And I want us to look for a few moments today a little deeper and really look within. Don't, okay, do me a favor. Look to your right and look to your left. Okay? Don't look into your neighbor's heart. That could be painful and a little awkward. But, you know, don't look into your neighbor's heart. I want you to look into your heart and mine. Can everybody do that? It's a whole lot more fun to look at your neighbor's heart, right? 
It is. Because, you know, you can find fault with them. You're like, oh, they're not doing that right. But we need to look at ourselves and our heart. And I want us to ask, are we really giving Jesus the Christ his full honor and worship that he deserves? If he is who he says he is, are we doing what he deserves? So ask this question. Who does your life say that Jesus is? Not your church, movement church, you know, not maybe if you're from somewhere out of town, not the church that you attend there. Not what does, you know, your friend group say, you know, your small group, your connect group, what what does their life say? What does my life say? What does my life say about who Jesus is? Who does my life say that Jesus is? Jesus began to tell them the rest, what the rest of his ministry would look like after they said through Peter that he was the Christ. Look at verse 31. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders of the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. It's not looking good. It's not what they were hoping for. They were hoping for a religious king who would be like a general who would come in and he would kick butt and take names and get the Romans out of there and Jerusalem would be their place and there wouldn't be it wouldn't be a puppet kingdom none of that stuff and they thought we are going to be the right hand and left hand men we're going to be there we're going to be like if he's general we're colonels and we're going to run this thing we are going to be the boss and he says he's going to be killed Jesus you're going to be killed Now, for us, we we know this. We're looking back, right? We look back at history. We've read the Bible. At least we've sat it on our coffee table. You know, we've we've heard the stories, but we know. But for them, it's like, whoa, hold up. You're going to be killed? But it goes on. And after three days, rise again. Verse 32. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. I don't know about y'all, but if you've been here a little bit through this series, we've talked about Peter and how he was very impetuous. You know, if you've been around church a little bit, you've, you know some of the stories. Peter was all, he was the king of open mouth. You know, I, I made the joke, open mouth, insert upper thigh, because I mean, it was way past the foot in the mouth. You know, I mean, he's like getting it down in there. He is one. He's like, oh, oh, hold up, Jesus. <laughs> hold up. You're, I know you're kind of new to this place, Jesus. You know, you're a smart guy. You're likable. I mean, you can do some pretty cool tricks. I mean, that whole bread thing, that was awesome. You know, I don't know. I'm just saying he might have made Chick-fil-A before Chick-fil-A was Chick-fil-A. He might have had a little breaded chicken sandwich from time to time. Who, knew, who knows what Jesus did? Um, wow, y'all are a tough audience. Y'all know that? Y'all can't even just give me a little snicker. Appreciate that. All right. But anyway, he's like, hey, Jesus, hey, come here. Come here. I got to talk to you. I know you're the son of God and all. I just said you're the Christ, but... I think you need to take my advice on this one. Let's slow your roll here, buddy. You don't have to die. And it's easy for us to judge Peter, but we easily, if put yourself, transport yourself back into that time, you signed up early, you're one of the early adopters, you didn't wait, you didn't wait a little bit, you know, you didn't finally, you know, you're team Android forever, you're finally like, all right, I'm going to iPhone, I'm tired of screwing up the group chats, you know, you know, you're an early adopter, you're an early adopter, and she's like, here it is, I am ready. Man, y'all are tough. Y'all are tough. There must be a lot of Android people in here. It's like, you stink, man. Be quiet. Messing up everybody. Messing up everybody's stuff. But here's the thing. 
you would put yourself in that position, you put yourself in that perspective, it would have been a strong temptation. It's like, this is not what I signed up for, Jesus. Don't go ahead and be a defeatist. I want to win. I'm tired of our people losing. Don't say you're going to die. And I mean, they probably didn't even hear the whole rise again in three days part because we know when the actual resurrection came, they were like, wait, what? What? He rose again? They don't hear it, just like a lot of us don't hear a lot of things that God wants us to hear. So he goes on. All right, y'all, listen quicker, okay? Come on, pick it up. Pick up the pace. But it says in verse 33, But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. He calls Peter out because Peter called him out. He looked, and it sounds like maybe he saw their eyes, and they were like, they felt the same way. And so he said, i got to make a point here. Peter, you are being like the deceiver. You are being like the adversary, the enemy. Satan, you don't have in mind the things of my kingdom. And so you've got to get behind me because you are standing in my way if you want to keep me from the cross. But a lot of us, if we'd have been there, we would have said, no, don't go to the cross, not understanding that it was the thing that would save our very souls. We would have been just as likely to try to stop him. See, the view of Jesus wasn't popular then. And, and sadly, even with our perspective on the cross and the empty tomb, it's not always popular. We don't want to talk about suffering when it comes to following Jesus. We don't want to talk about um, a hard way of a cross and so I want to ask you this question. Does your view of Jesus line up with Scripture? Does your view of Jesus line up with Scripture? Does following Jesus for you look like a smooth road, or does it look like a way to the cross for you? Because I think if we look at God's Word, we'll see that to follow Jesus means that you're going to follow the same path in a spiritual sense and a figurative sense and then some people even in a very literal sense you're going to follow the same path that Jesus took does that look like your view of Jesus or are you simply following a cheap imitation Jesus a can of prongles Jesus <laughs> with a you know endless tussle that's not what we're following. We should be following Jesus who went to the cross. Is Jesus just a good teacher? Now, I know in an audience like this, a lot of us probably would say, oh, no, we don't believe that he's just a good teacher. But does that how it, is that how it comes out in our life? Because do we just take some of his teachings and others of his teachings like, eh, I'm not really a big fan of that one. I'm going to throw that one out. Or do we talk like he is Lord in Christ? Do we live like he is Lord in Christ? Do we treat Jesus like he's just fire insurance? Or do we treat Jesus, hold on, this one's important, listen to this. Do we treat people like he is just another obligation on our calendar? I think that's a pretty common one, don't you? We treat him like he's just another obligation on our calendar that we can keep or that we can skip. And many of us simply, if we're being honest, want a less complicated Jesus. I want enough Jesus to go to heaven, but not enough to really change my life. What does your life look like? I didn't say what does the words that come out of your mouth sound like about Jesus. I said, what does your life look like? When you live out who Jesus is, what does it look like? 
We want a lot more forgiveness and a lot less dying to self. So who is the Jesus that you and I are following? That's the question I want all of us, including myself, to answer. Because I often sign up for a less threatening Jesus. A less threatening Jesus. And that leads us to the next question. This one's big. Everybody buckle up. Put your big boy and girl pants on. Tighten that belt. Think about this. When people follow my example, do they get closer to Jesus or further away? Slap in my face. It, it, it can be a slap in our face. If people follow my example, do they get closer to Jesus or further away? It's a question I want you and I to spend time on, to really chew it up and digest it and see where it is in our heart, in our mind, in our, in our mind and our heart. And Jesus tells Peter, he says, you know, you're working on the wrong side. Here's what following me looks like. Look at verse 34. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me in my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And that was a mouthful. But Jesus is saying, look, if you want to follow me, you have to go to a cross just like I'm going to a cross. That's not popular. It's hard. It's a struggle. We wrestle with it. But that's what Jesus has called us to, is to take up our cross and follow him. You see, this real Jesus, this is what he looks like. He went as a suffering servant and as a savior. And he's going to come back as a reigning king. But in the meantime, until he comes back as a triumphant reigning king, you and I have to look like a suffering servant as well if we're going to look like him and point people to him. And so being a follower of this real Jesus looks like three things. All right, you with me? Self-denial, dying, and losing. And I hate to say it, but that's not popular in 2022, even amongst believers. There's not a lot of people who are like, ooh, yeah, I want snow cones, not crosses, right? I, I want entertainment, not laying down my life and following the Savior of the world and being a sacrifice. We don't want that. But Jesus says, if you want to follow me, you've got to lay down your life. And here's the thing. Those ideas, it, it's easy if you've been a part of the church, it's easy to say those kind of things. Yep, I'm going to die to myself. I'm going to take up my cross. My cross is my little gold chain with a little cross on it, and that's my cross. I'm going to tuck it in my shirt so nobody sees it. <laughs> and it's fine to wear that. I'm not dogging you wearing jewelry. I'm not dogging that. But that's not the limit of what he means, is it, when he says, take up your cross and follow me. It's not just that. What it, does it actually look like? Uh, those things can quickly become platitudes with no power if we're not careful, right? I'm going to die to myself. I'm going to take up my cross. They can quickly become things that we say, and they never, ever engage our heart and never engage our hands and our feet. So what do we do to make these things really happen? How do you actually follow and live like the real Jesus? The first one is this. Dig in a little deeper. You have to deny your wants to feed your needs. 
You have to deny your wants to feed your needs. That comes from verse 34. He says, In calling on the crowd to him, the disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Let him deny himself. You've got to learn to, to deny your wants so that you can feed your needs. The way that you paraphrase that or understand that is this. What priorities in your life, in my life, do we need to add? What priorities do we need to remove that are standing in the way? Now, here's something I, I learned and I pointed out. The word priority, when it first came into being many, many, many years ago, was literally singular. It was here is your priority. And over time, what we did, we have become to make it plural. We say, well, I've got 10 priorities. And we say that, don't we? You know, I've got a lot of priorities. I've got a lot of things that are important to me. But here's the problem. If everybody gets a trophy, there's really no winner, right? Just like we see in T-ball. <laughs> yeah. If everybody gets a trophy, there's no winner. If everything's a priority, guess what? None of them are a priority. Now, you might have a ranking scale that you do, but if one thing is your priority, that has to be the priority. If we're going to truly accomplish it, and Jesus needs to be our priority. And so what we have to say is, what are the things in my life that I need to plug in that help me make Jesus my priority? What are the things in my life that I need to get rid of, the needs or the wants that I need to get rid of that keep me from following Jesus with my whole heart? What needs to move down my list? What needs to slip away? And maybe even, what do I need to give up? You know, maybe we want a lot of possessions. We want a lot of stuff. We want a lot of money. But does chasing after those things, does it draw you closer to God or leave you farther away from God? We want acceptance from people, but does that cause us to... To, does that cause us to make decisions that move us farther away from God or do things that glorify God when we want to be accepted by certain people? That's the questions we need to answer. Sometimes we've got to deny our wants so we can feed our need for God and His kingdom. We, we've got to deny what we want. My mom used to say, don't let your wants hurt you. You know, a lot of times our wants can hurt us. The things that we think we, we, we think they're needs, but they're just wants, they can be destructive. So to follow and live like the real Jesus, we've got to do that. Deny our wants to feed our needs, but we also have to do this. You have to kill your flesh to live in your spirit. Wow, that's popular, right? You know, hurting yourself, so to speak. That, that's not, it's, it's talking about in a spiritual sense. To kill your flesh, to live in your spirit. He says they must deny themselves and take up their cross. The cross was an instrument of death. It was not merely a, uh, a trinket. It was not merely a decoration. It was an instrument of death. And Jesus took up his cross and died for our sins. And we, if we're going to be like Jesus, we need to ask and answer. What sins do you and I need to die from that's killing our relationship with Jesus? What sins do we need to continue to die from and towards that is killing our relationship with Jesus? Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 is a good starting place for us. The Apostle Paul writes, as inspired by, by the Holy Spirit, he says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, in, uh, excuse me, um, enmity, strife, 
jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit, everybody listen, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such things as those, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have, what's the next word? Crucified on the cross the flesh with its passions and desires. Now, here's, here's what's interesting. Is he gives this long list. He gives a lot of lists of, of sins. And I don't know if y'all are like me. Can y'all be honest for a second with yourself? I don't know if you're like me sometimes. I can kind of catch myself reading those lists. And I'd be like, nope, don't struggle with that. Nope, don't struggle with that. Yes, I made it through. Mine aren't listed on there. Is that the end all be all list? No. But here's what I do want you to point out. We might be quick to judge somebody else's sexual immorality, and that makes us feel superior, all the while we cause division everywhere we go. And those are in the same list. Now, I'm not saying there aren't different circumstances, because there are different circumstances for different sins. But there are sins that separate us and kill our spirit, and we've got to decide, I'm going to get rid of these things. We've got to make sure that we crucify these things. If we're involved in dissension, in division, in rivalries, fits of anger, uh-oh. You know, all these things, but sensuality, impurity, sexual immorality, idolatry, sorcery, all these things, enmity, Hard feelings is, is basically what it's saying. Strife, jealousy, all these things. Those things have to what? Die. They've got to die, not in my neighbor, yeah, in them too, but in... Come on, I'm going to make you say it. Die in me. They've got to die in me. But this isn't a comprehensive list, but it's a good place to start. We have to take a look inward and so ask yourself, what's hurting my relationship with God and with others? What's hurting my relationship with God and with other people? And what needs to die and what needs to go away? So to follow the real Jesus and live like Jesus, you've got to deny your wants to feed your needs. You've got to kill your flesh to live in your spirit. And then here's the last thing. You have to lose at the wrong things to win at the right thing. You have to lose at the wrong things to win at the right thing. The problem is this. I don't know about y'all, but I get confused an awful lot at what I'm supposed to be winning and losing at. You know, I, I get very confused. We get confused at what we should win at. Francis Chan, author and preacher, said this. Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. I want that to sink in. There are a lot of people who look at themselves and that you and I look at through their entire lives and we think, man, that's, that's winning. They've got all the money. They've got all the stuff. They've got all the admiration. They've got all the accolades. They've got it all. And then a lot of those people get to the end of their life and they realize they have nothing. Nothing but stuff. Nothing but titles that don't mean anything. They won't be remembered. They didn't experience love. They neglected their family. They neglected their friends and their relationships. And most importantly and sadly, they neglected a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so they make it to the end of their life with a bunch of stuff. But that stuff's going to be sold and it's going to rust and it's going to rot. And it's going to be stolen. And it's going to be taken by people that didn't earn it. And it will mean nothing 
And a lot of us are envious of those same people. And I chase them. I chase them. Whether it be outright or in my mind, in my heart, I chase them. And we've got to realize that we sometimes spend a lot of time succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. And so how much time do you spend winning at things that don't matter? And here's a truth that I hope maybe, maybe you can soak it in and it'll help you learn some victory in this. And I need it. I'm wrestling with it. Winning with Jesus can look like losing to people that aren't of God's kingdom. Read that again. Winning with Jesus can look like losing to people that aren't of God's kingdom. They're going to laugh at you. They're going to scoff. They're going to say, man, you're stupid. You're absolutely an idiot. You're wasting your future. But no, I'm preparing for eternity, bro. <laughs> I mean, that's what we, the attitude we need to have. I'm not worried about the next 10, 20, 30 years. I'm worried about eternity. And I'm not worried about it because Jesus took care of it. But I'm preparing and I'm investing in it. And that's going to look foolish to people in this world. And it's going to look foolish to you at times because you and I still have our flesh. We're still wrestling. We're still trying to crucify that stuff, right? We've talked about that. But we need to live in our spirit and we need to prepare for what's going to last forever. So what are you winning at that you need to lose at so that you win at what matters? What needs to change? So will the real Jesus followers please stand up? Will the real Jesus followers please stand up? I want to encourage you this morning. As the band comes up, we're going to have our, our song. I want you to say, I'm not going to worry about anybody else right now for this moment. I'm going to be selfish in a good way. I want to look within. Father, help me look within. Holy Spirit, help me look within. Help me to take your word that I've heard maybe hundreds of times, not just today, and even if it was the first time, take your word and run my life through it. And, and Father, help it be a, a sieve. Help it strain out everything that's not of you. Help me to die to myself and put my perspective in the right place. Help me to, to win at the thing, the thing that matters, not the things that don't matter. Help me to lay it all down on the line for you. Help me to be your child, to look like you, to take up my cross and follow you. Because that is the only thing that will last, is the life that's been made whole and new in Jesus Christ. And I want you to think about this. I will take you, tell you to take your focus off of you for just a moment as you're thinking about that. And I want you to ask the question, and I want you to answer the question. Everybody online, too. If people follow my example, would that lead them closer to Jesus or further away? Who do they see when they look at me? Do they see the real Jesus? Do they see a real Jesus follower? So I want you to take a few moments. You can stand if you want. You can sit if you want. But I want you to sing the song. I want you to listen to the words. I want you to allow God to work on you. And if there's something you need to share, I'll be right over to the side. You can fill out a connect card. But don't leave here without answering those questions. Do I look like a real Jesus follower? Not by what I say so much as by the way I live. Let's worship together. Thank you for listening to Movement Christian Church's sermon podcast. Want to learn more about us? You can do that by visiting our website at movement.com.
movementinchristianchurch.com or on our app available on iOS and Android devices under Movement NC.